Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hello, Marks, and welcome to week two of the Band from Ringside podcast. I am your host, Bill Vagie, and sitting to my right, as uh, just like last week, we have Zach Two Beer Pullman, or do you prefer Two Beer Zach? Two Beer Zach. Two yeah. Beer Zach, TBZ. Does sure. that work? If you're so inclined. Yeah, all right. We got Two Beer Zach, to, and to his right, we have uh, making his band from ringside debut. We have Jason Cornelius Bell. How you doing, JCB? I'm good, man. Uh, a little nervous, but I'm ready to get this on, man. This is kind of a dream of mine. So, oh no, this is going to be great. So, uh, we're going to be doing it just like last week. These are three out of the four main hosts that we have for Band from Ringside. Uh, the fourth one, uh, you were introduced to him last week. That's Tender Mahal. He should be calling in. Uh, a little bit later uh, to help us out with some backlash predictions. Uh, he texted me and told me that he was slammed, which makes me think that he just has a real busy night of Tinder dates. I mean, <laughs> he might be going in between, I don't know, six, seven, ten, eleven restaurants. I was going to say bars. God forbid if he's at mine, but uh, no, he, he, Tinder, just take 15 minutes out of your busy schedule between. Uh, Slaying the women of the United States and the metropolitan <laughs> St. Louis area. Give us a call. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, we are coming out of St. Louis, and we're just going to bullshit and fuck around about the week that was in professional wrestling, and we're going to hit you with our backlash predictions, the SmackDown pay-per-view that's coming up on Sunday. So without further ado, gentlemen, let's get into it this is our three count. It is the three biggest stories that we've decided uh, are the most important from this week in wrestling. So, uh, JCB, how about you start us off? Um, in no particular, but in my mind, I think this is probably the biggest story of the bunch. It's the Braun Strowman injury angle. Um, clearly, he's hurt. Clearly, they... I'll say that I don't think that they did the right thing by bring him back out in the sling and then have Roman proceed to beat him down like a redheaded stepchild. I don't know if it exacerbated the injury, but I think they could have did it a different way, more creative. Keep him off the show entirely. If you wanted to have Roman Reigns go over, you just take him off the show. You know, Kurt Angle comes out. Hey, Roman Reigns is hurt. I'm sorry, uh, Braun Strowman is hurt. He's going to be out for... Two to six months. Well, they said they said two months at the beginning. That was it was forty eight weeks, right? And then they changed it this week. And when Kurt came out at the beginning of the uh, Raw of Monday Night Raw, and he said that actually it's going to be six months. See, now I think I kind of like them putting him on the shelf with Roman because why not take the opportunity to put Roman over just a little bit more? You know, Roman needs it. I mean, he doesn't have... <laughs> he really needs a push. Yeah, he I needs mean, a seriously. push. I mean, he's kind of been treading water for a little while now. So I think having him take up Braun Strowman was probably the right move. Yeah, once again, another push for uh, Roman Reigns. Um, clearly, he doesn't need that. Really, at the end of the day, this is... My biggest concern is when he does come back. Let's say it's four months, five months, SummerSlam. Yeah. How do we recreate, not recreate, but get his pushback going again? Roman Reigns clearly doesn't need this. Braun Strowman, especially guys that have been injured, it's always seemingly hard to get them back on track. My question is, how do we get Braun Strowman from the injury reserve list back to main event heel? Well, I think one thing, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think one thing that's really cool that happens a lot of times whenever injured wrestlers come back is they always get a huge pop and whether or not they were intentionally turning Roman, sorry, Strowman, uh, baby face by having him beat up Roman every week. Um, he's going to be a baby face when he comes back, like it or not, uh, just because the fans reaction to him is going to be just over because so, he was pitted against Roman. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So people are going to be very excited and 
I don't know that he's going to lose any momentum. Um, I, I think you might have to worry about that um, maybe with another wrestler, but I think he's going to come back and still be Braun Strowman. I, I kind of agree. And, I mean, going into the first segment on Raw, off the back of that, off the back of that announcement from Kurt Angle, or back from the appearance from Kurt Angle, he said that there's going to be a five-way, a fatal five-way match. Can't we just do four guys? Nope. It's got to be five. It's got to be five. Ridiculous. They're going to have a fatal five-way match at Extreme Rules to find out who is going to face uh, yeah, Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to face Lesnar at, uh, I'm guessing, at uh, Great, Balls Great Balls of, of Fire. Fire. Great Balls of Fire. Great name. Uh, so they're going to be keep that makes it sound like they're going to be keeping Lesnar off of TV for at least another month. Well, think, yeah, at least another month because Extreme Rules, Rules is what three, three weeks? weeks. Yeah. So then, so then he announces the participants. Uh, they are Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt, and Seth Rollins. Uh, Angle acts like he's done with his announcement, and then here comes Roman Reigns to heavy heat. So he comes out, he cuts a pretty short promo, and I think we can s- skip over the promo. And then, sure. ba- and then Balor comes out. Quick sidebar. Let's say it is Finn Balor. That's my guess who wins this fatal five-way. People are having a hard time thinking that he could actually beat Brock Lesnar. Well, I disagree. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, we've always had the David versus Goliath matchups in the past. Why is it now Brock is so overwhelmingly the favorite that it's it's hard to fathom that Finn Bauer can actually beat Brock Lesnar? Well, that's the mystique. That's the way he's been booked. I mean, he's only lost... He lost to a 50-year-old guy. Yeah, but that was... that was But the way they positioned Goldberg also made it seem believable that he... I mean... That squash of Goldberg over Lesnar is still, to this day, you'll remember that in 15 years. You'll yeah. be like, holy shit, that was a, what, like an 80-second match? Even yeah. though it was every WCW Nitro for two years, you'll still remember <laughs> right <laughs> that that squash. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, just like you, Jason, that Balor is probably going to go over and he's going to bring back the Demon King, and that's what's going to get him to that level of... Um, of Lesnar, and I think he's just the most flexible. I mean, I think they're saving Roman and Lesnar for WrestleMania. I mean, Obviously. we've already heard those yeah, that's rumors. So they're not going to jump the gun and do that. Um, I think Samoa and Joe and Lesnar would be a fantastic be match. match. I mean, I that would just draw so heavy. I just don't know if there's enough time to tell that in a good story. Uh, but yeah, I think, just like you, I think Balor's going to take this thing. Oh yeah, for sure. What I like about the five-way, even though it sounds... You know, it's kind of convoluted and Roman's in there. But Roman and Balor had a fantastic match. And I think there's the opportunity to really spin a lot of programs out of this. Like, mm-hmm. work it, like, a lot of different ways. That's Great. why I think they made it a five-way. Yeah. And you got more more opportunities for different matches. And um, Seth and Joe can continue their thing. and um, Or split off. Yeah. Or they can split off into something totally different. Well, we haven't seen Finn and Samoa Joe on the main roster I know that they had Finn and Samoa Joe on NXT, but those guys had such great chemistry that I wouldn't be surprised if WWE events in particular was like, let's see these two go. <laughs> and they were like, and everybody could be like, uh, they fought like six times in NXT, and Vince is like, I never saw it. <laughs> what is this NXT, NXT you NXT? speak of? <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think we're, I hate to agree with you guys, but I think that we are kind of three for three in that. I think Balor, there's a way for Balor, there's a way to get Balor over in that match and not have him uh, and not have him win. Um, I also think you say, how are they going to bring Strowman back? We agree that we don't really think it's going to be six months no. until Balor com- until Strowman comes back. Mm-hmm. So why can't you have Finn versus uh, Lesnar and then have Strowman come in as a DQ and just beat the shit out of Lesnar? Finn doesn't lose, Lesnar doesn't win, and then all of a sudden you have another program. That would be probably closer to that two, maybe three-month time frame. Right, yeah. Okay, well then, if that's the case, I don't have a problem with that. That that would be, ideally, the best way to make everybody come out and look strong. 
Yeah, and I do want to mention, I know that all three of us said Finn, but in for two out of the last three Raws, Bray Wyatt has been the one standing tall at the end of Raw. I, sorry, Zach, um, you can jump in 30 seconds. We all know Bray Wyatt is not going to win. No, I don't. Okay. You mean uh, the eater of pins? <laughs> <laughs> Bray Wyatt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. He's not going to win. They gave him the WWE Championship as a transitional champion. Randy Orton comes in and snatches it up. That's going to be his only time. I think that's maybe the wrong way to look at it, though, because I think you might want to look at it. They they put it on they put it on Bray, and then they took it off Bray and gave it back to Randy, thinking, well, Vince might have been thinking two or three months in advance and said, you know what, I want to have Bray face Brock Lesnar. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into this decision than just he's a transitional champion. Bray Wyatt's not a transitional champion. Bray Wyatt is the type of guy that they're positioning to be at the top of the card for a long time. They have not given up on him despite the fact that he loses so often. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think exactly that. Um, I just think that he's going to have to eat some more pins and bite his time. And he'll, be, <laughs> he'll be up there again because, I mean, the fans are behind him. I mean... Bray? Just listen to that. Yeah, he's set up for a babyface run, and I even think that his promo on Monday night uh, held a, had a lot more or a lot less supernatural garbage yeah, right. than he usually puts into Agreed. it. But I like his supernatural garbage. To be perfectly honest, I think that's for me part of the Bray. Why I like Bray Wyatt. But me you got to win. But you got to win, and ultimately therein lies the problem. I don't think he's going to be positioned to win enough to where this isn't Jinder Mahal, okay? Bray Wyatt is, has already had that stench of losing about him. Right. You're going to have to do a lot to get people to really believe that he's a legit contender. I agree, and to your point, to win the House of Horrors match, which should have been his, it should have been his yard, yeah, so to sure. speak, yep. he needed a member of 3MB to come in and help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so moving along to uh, number two of our two counts. Zach, what's number two? Uh, number two is the Alexa Bliss and Bailey uh, promo in the match that Angle put together. Uh, Alexa really shines here. Um, Bailey is as great as she is in the ring and as over as she is as a baby face, uh, she's not necessarily the best on the mic and Alexa scripted promo or not has the facial reactions and uh, just that mean girl attitude to really just excel. And I think the fact that she mean girled Bailey was fantastic. Uh, what would you say? Uh, extreme hopscotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Extreme pogo sticking. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think, uh, that should be a really nice setup, uh, the kendo stick match. Although, you know, we're talking about extreme rules as the pay-per-view, and I like the idea of Bailey getting dirty and really kind of not being her complete babyface self. But I also kind of think it would be fun, if, you know, they talk about extreme rules, if they kind of flipped the script and made like a extreme rules where you absolutely had to play by the rules instead of like anything goes. Oh, yeah. Where it was like they took Alexa Bliss out of her element and like no cheating, you know. You know, everything, like, no eye pokes, no gouges, like, whatever, right. you know, disqualification, and you'd lose the title on a disqualification. I think that could be fun. But I'm also really looking forward to, you know, seeing that kendo stick in action again. Definitely. Uh, JCB, thoughts on the Alexa Bliss, Bliss promo? I'm on Alexa Bliss, Mark. Let's just get that off the table right now. I think she has come from NXT, and if those who watch NXT know what I'm talking about. She had the little frilly little dress on or whatever and she was super sweet kind of bailey-esque and now she's morphed into this five feet of fury which is arguably next to charlotte and i said it when uh she won the smackdown title i thought that at that point right there alexa bliss was probably more over than charlotte and that's saying something man i i think that those are the only two uh women that i can think of since Trish, Trish and maybe. Lita. Well, not, not even Lita because I don't remember. I I guess I missed when Lita and Edge yeah, were right. yeah. when they were rated our superstars <sighs> and shit like that. But God. like, but they let they let Alexa cut a true heel, heel promo. promo. Yeah, I mean it was truly a heel promo, and she got legit heat. 
It was not go away heat. It was legit heat. Mm-hmm. They hated her when she ran down Newark, and it was really a thing of beauty. And I think positioning her as the mean girl type, type uh, heel against such a pure baby face makes a lot of sense. And when Bailey went and got the kendo stick, it uh, it they well no, when when Alexa got the kendo yeah. stick, Bailey sold it like she had gotten shot, and just that one kendo stick hit. Uh, is going to get a lot of heat. No, no doubt. Um, just a quick, the other thing on that whole promo is kind of going towards Bailey. And maybe it's just me because I, I see people who interact with me on Twitter and they have said something to this effect that Bailey is not going getting over the way she did in NXT and, and now they're starting to hear, and there's small smackering, but there's smackering of booze coming out. Do you guys hear that? Do you agree with that? I can see Bailey as like the uh, college football star who like won the Heisman and then got to the NFL and really didn't do much, mm. uh, but was still kind of over with the fans. Uh, she was just fantastic in NXT, That's and a I really think she's good analogy. Kind of floundered. I think I stole it from Squared Circle on Reddit. I think I read that. Uh, I think they stole it from you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, give yourself credit. But uh, yeah, like. You know, her promos have floundered a little bit. Um, that kind of starstruck attitude really worked for her for a little while. But, I mean, she's already been champion on the main roster. And um, it just doesn't work as well when she's, like, marking out next to the Hardys. And she herself is. Uh, oh, Bailey. Oh, like when she would hang out with the New Day. And she was just, like, so mm-hmm. happy to be there. Yeah. yeah. It's like they didn't they didn't do Bailey. I don't think they did right by Bailey by throwing her into the main event right away. Like, because when everybody loved her. And this is, I mean, this is kind of the Ty Dillinger syndrome. When everybody loved her in NXT, it was an organic thing. Like, everybody just started loving her. Now, granted, she can go. I mean, she's a worker. But everybody, it it was an organic uh, getting over. And then right when she got to Raw, they just threw her into the main event. And uh, contrary to what people think, not everybody watches NXT. Very true. Very true. Um, especially your especially your raw audience. Especially your raw live audience. The people that they cater to for WrestleMania don't watch NXT. No, they don't. They don't at all. And I think that, I mean, I, I like Bailey. I just don't think they did right by her. Not at all. Yeah. But, but Alexa Bliss is a true star. Yeah. And for those who really think that she's, going to disappear in the next six months the next calendar year forget about it she's Let's, not going anywhere yeah there are she's not going anywhere there are people like i said that really really think that she is the one hit wonder you she'll know, be flash. around longer than braun Strowman. Ooh, she will be straight fire. bold prediction uh, definitely i mean i, I put, can see it i put braun Strowman's. i know this is not what everybody thinks i put <laughs> braun Strowman's. Um, shelf life somewhere in between the great Kali and Mason Ryan. I just I just don't that's, see it lasting very long. Dude, that's bad. I just don't see it lasting very long. I mean, you Vince, said you put great Kali and Braun Strowman in the same sentence. I could have said Heidenreich. Mm, okay, we'll stick with, we'll stick <laughs> I with said that, I could have said that dude that used to run around with Christian. What was his name? Tyson Tomko. Oh, nice pull. Thank you. I nice could have said him, but that I didn't. Nice. <laughs> that was say, I, I can see his face. I couldn't come up with his name to save my life. Good trivia. Thank you. Uh, okay, and for the third of the three counts, uh, we're looking at the Intercontinental match from Raw also. And if you think that we're covering too much Raw, don't worry about it. We got plenty of SmackDown left to come, uh, including our Backlash predictions. But uh, the Ambrose versus Miz... Intercontinental match. It was a good match. I think those two guys wrestle well together as well as well as uh, they can. I just, I got to ask you guys, are you guys, you guys like Ambrose? Are we pro Ambrose here on Band from Ringside? I like Ambrose minus that fucking spot that he does when he leans into the ropes. Like if he just got rid of that spot, I'd, I'd be over on Ambrose. What about a suicide dive? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the dive discussion this week, <laughs> but, uh, it usually... Orton, it, Orton's coming for you, man. Yeah, it usually looks pretty good. That's, but, but that lean into the ropes is my only concern. I like Ambrose. I, I think he's cool. I think he's kind of, you know, a new generation Mick Foley and, you know, he's got that deathmatch background and... Is he Mick Foley or is he trying to be Rowdy Roddy? 
I think he's more like trying to be like Roddy Roddy, to be perfectly honest. He's just too he's not funny. He tries to be funny all the time. He got disqualified on purpose. Right. Yeah. On Monday yeah, night. Which is, say, that was my big point. That was the thing I was gonna say. Is that he got huge DQ'd. heel move and we just we're just gonna overlook that. Huge heel move that yeah, that and then Miz going to Angle and saying, Hey, I want my rematch and I want it to be if you de- get DQ'd, you lose the belt. Right. That's fair. Very. You, at that point, you have all justification of going back and trying to get the rematch. All justification. I just I don't understand that ever since they broke the shield up, which is how long ago now? Two and a half years? Yeah, at least. Three years? Yeah, because we've done two WrestleManias since they broke up? Yeah. Sounds right, yeah? Yes, definitely. Okay. No, three WrestleManias since they broke up. Because you had Reigns versus... Reigns has gone back-to-back... Reigns has gone back to back once with Lesnar, right. once with Hunter, and then this year with Undertaker. So that's we've had three WrestleManias since they broke up, mm-hmm. and Ambrose has never been flipped heel. Now, if I would have asked anybody when the Shield was together, which one do you, which one of those three guys is going to make the best heel? Ambrose, everybody would have said Ambrose easily, and he's been a babyface the entire time. He's, they haven't been playing to his strengths the entire time. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably not his fault, but man, he does some goofy shit. It's not funny. I actually kind of liked the ending of that match just because I think it kind of spoke to Ambrose's like actual kind of, you know, not character, but just like Ambrose, like him and of himself is just like, eh, whatever, fuck it. Like, yeah. It was worth it to kick Miz in the nuts. Like, you know, I keep my title. Yes. Uh, I get, you know, I think I thought it was kind of fun. I wasn't expecting it at all. No, he's, so. he's arguably, though, the biggest baby face on the Raw roster. Arguably. It's it would be him or Finn. It ain't Rollins. Ambrose is more over than Rollins. Yeah, Rollins is not a, a good face, just in general. Man, if Rollins if Rollins just embraced Rollins should act like Bailey. Then he'd be mega over. Are you kidding me? Right no, now? he'd just be pure baby face. No, that's not gonna work. None of that tweener shit. No, that's 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 not gonna work. The re, the problem with Rollins is when he got hurt. That threw off the timeline of him and Triple H supposedly going to wrestle. Yeah. So then when you take either or, in this case, Seth Rollins out of the picture, you have to stop this whole storyline, let him come back, rehab, get him ready to go, and then you have to pick up that storyline. By the time they picked up that storyline, there was no more heat. People really didn't care anymore. So now you had to, you know, generate the heat back up on Triple H and now bring this new storyline back in, which is an old storyline, but that's what I think happened to Seth Rollins. He was on the way up until he got hurt. Yeah, but the the when the minute he came back, the minute he came back from that injury, he should have been pure babyface because everybody was ready to embrace him as a babyface. Oh yeah, and he went right back to his heel stuff, which is impressive because they were they were ready to cheer. And he had them cheering, and then two minutes into, into it, the he, promo, he just basically he was like, "You know what? I don't like you guys. Yeah, he Fuck off." The, he, yeah, he flipped back heel, which is which is cool. That's impressive. But, but yeah, yeah, I agree. You're right. They should have brought back that white ring gear. You know, like, oh, I love that. that. White ring yeah, gear. that was sick. That's dope. God, that was, was that sweet. WrestleMania? No, uh, no, because I was going to say that. The him versus Sting. Did he wrestle with that when he wrestled uh, John Cena? When he beat John Cena to become U.S. and I guess that was world heavyweight champion at the time? I don't even remember that. That happened? Yeah, because he became... Sure he this became the, is this the Mandela effect? You're sure that happened? I'm I'm very sure it happened because I like Seth Rollins and I pretty much go with the John Cena character. He beat John Cena to become the world heavyweight champion and the U.S. heavyweight champion. Don't get me wrong. I love Seth Rollins. Like, he was my favorite wrestler until Owens came along for a couple years. I love him. Uh, I just think, getting back to Ambrose, I think that Ambrose is more over than Rollins. That's kind of hard to argue with. Uh, I could argue that, but we only got one hour. And I also think that he's more over than Finn, probably, because he has an established character. Sure, I think with the the general fan base, he's much more over. I mean, Finn's been, uh, you know, getting booked real strong and... You know, everybody that knows him from NXT and before loves him. Uh, but and then, and then he lost clean on Monday. Yeah, which I think 
you know, that's 50-50 booking, you know. They couldn't book him, like, so strong. Uh, you know, he's got to lose clean. And he lost clean to Roman, Roman, so it doesn't even count. count. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. It, it was Roman Reigns, by the way. So you, you pretty sure could guarantee that it's going to end that way. And God bless Roman Reigns. I'm, you know, if I had his career path and was getting protected along the way, God bless you, Roman Reigns. I'm not mad at you. I mean, well... Just in conclusion, I don't like Dean Ambrose anymore. I was, I was, I was an Ambrose. I kind of figured that's where we were going. I was an Ambrose apologist for a while. Like I, I loved him. I every time I heard somebody on Twitter be like, "Nah, Ambrose, just this ain't a face run. This is stupid." I was like, "Nah, nah, he's good. He's good." And then you're right, Zach. One too many times of doing that thing where he backs into the ropes. Just make it like a every five match thing. Or just instead run the of, ropes. Yeah, instead of twice of twice a match. He doesn't get any momentum from it. I love, this a few months ago, actually many months ago, Kevin Owens like called him out on it in a promo, which was beautiful. That is beautiful. I love that. All right, fellas. So a few more odds and ends from Raw. Uh, we had uh, Goldust flipped heel. Nice. Are we seeing anything? <laughs> is anything coming from this? It's For Goldust, I think this is probably one of his last runs. And the way he, I didn't see it coming. And that's the beauty of wrestling. That's when wrestling is at its finest. When you don't see it coming. And I never saw it coming. It was perfect. Just enough of a beat down to where it's go, you're going to want more from this. You're going to see more from this. But like I said, honestly, I didn't see it coming. And I, this is probably Goldust, one of his last runs. He's in his mid-40s to late 40s, sounds right. Good for him. Good for uh, our truth, man. You know, get a little airtime before you guys start to ride off in the sunset. Absolutely, because they were both so smooth in the ring. I love them as a tag team. I really thought that they were getting the push. Um, I was, again, surprised last week whenever they actually didn't take it. And Cesaro and Sheamus uh, took that tag team turmoil. I really loved um, when they flipped the script there. And they're just so smooth in the ring. They're both veterans. Uh, this is going to be a really great feud. Uh, I can't wait to watch it develop. Yeah, because Raw needs more mid-card feuds. Absolutely. It's very, very top-heavy. Not as bad as SmackDown, but very top-heavy enough to where this could get... You could throw this on the next, what is that, I guess, Extreme Rules coming up for Raw. You see yeah. the comment. There you go. Yeah, and these are the types of stories that they can tell um, now that they've had the brand split. Frankly, there would be no time for this if they hadn't a brand split, you know, and that's what's cool about it. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to touch on and ask you guys' opinion on is the, uh, where do we see the cruiserweights? (laughs) Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. I'm not going to steal your thunder. I don't even know your thunder. Go ahead. Uh, No, I really wasn't going to say much. I do like um, what's going on with TJP being a heel and kind of being under the thumb of Neville. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed that. Uh, Neville is a delight in the ring, even though uh, aesthetically is one of the most unpleasing men, at least facially. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's in great shape. Not everybody shape can and, be pretty like us. I know, right? Uh, so uh, I have enjoyed that. Uh, Jack Gallagher and um, Austin Aries, uh, that was a really great match. Uh, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I did like seeing the Cruiserweights get a little bit more airtime on the main roster um, as opposed to just being relegated to a 5 Live, where even though it airs right after SmackDown, I'm not sure that a lot of people are tuning into that. Um, I'm not SmackDown. I'm not I, watching it. I do, and I get I get this a lot because everybody makes fun of me because I watch 205 Live. Honestly, I just don't want to be. I don't want this to be like NXT where I I jumped on like four years into it, and I feel bad because now it's a good product, and I'm like, man, I should have been watching this from day one. Yeah. Problem with, in my opinion, the problem with 205 Live is that I remember the Cruiserweight Classic. And this isn't the Cruiserweight Classic. This is Cruiserweights wrestling in the WWE style. And that's the problem. If you booked it the way you did the Cruiserweight Classic and have guys flying all around, Tinder Mahal got on my head about this months ago. And we had a kind of, not even an argument, but just more of a debate on it. If you just let this be more like the Cruiserweight Classic every week, that's the start. Obviously, you know, you got to build storylines. You got to build guys up, you know, get guys over, whatever the case may be. Neville being the, the prime example, TJP somewhere down the line. Cedric Alexander's coming back, I guess they said next week. But ultimately, 
I expected the Cruiserweight Classic when they said that they're going to have the Cruiserweight division. And now we're getting Cruiserweights wrestling in the WWE style. And it's not working. I think that's separate. Yeah, yeah. you really need... Sorry to cut you off. Uh, we really need that because if I look back on my like glory days and heydays of watching wrestling uh, in the mid-late 90s, uh, the Cruiserweights either opened or ended the show and it kept the crowd going. You talk about a three-hour Raw, I'm fucking tired by 9.30. You know, I'm ready to go to bed. You're a dad. That's why you're tired at yeah. 9.30. And you know what? A cruiserweight match, you get Grand Metal Leak out there doing some flips and shit. Okay, but see, on 205 Live, I guess, I don't know if it was his premiere or his debut, I guess, better choice of words, but Grand Metal Leak was on. Nothing like the Cruiserweight Classic. And that's where I was like, okay, that's the problem. Because I've been waiting. I'm like, okay, maybe you throw more depth into this roster. Maybe that's going to turn it around. He did not wrestle like he did at the Cruiserweight Classic. And there's going to be the problem. I'd like to see him take away the purple ropes. I think it makes it look, I think it says to the audience, hey, here's your popcorn match. You don't have to pay attention to this because it's the little guys. And I think that's I think that's a bad move on their part. That's like when they brought in Sin Cara and they used to have the lighting over the ring to right. make it eerie for Sin Cara or whatever. Just take away, I put, some, put Apollo Crews in there and have Tyus O'Neill be his hard-ass manager or something. I would love to see something like that. Take some guys from the main roster, some guys that are already established. I mean, as established as you can say Apollo Crews is, and just throw them in there. I mean, just have a have a tournament every month for the for the belt or something, or just have a guy belt and then have a two week tournament for the cruiserweight for the number one contendership, and just do it like that, just so the matches mean something. Open a show with AJ versus Grand Metal League and watch people just yeah. flip out. Yeah, flip out. Only if you let. Grand Metal League B, Grand Metal League. Exactly. Yeah. All right, fellas. Uh, Tinder Mahal is going to be calling in here in a few minutes, so I think now is a good a time as any nice. to get into our backlash predictions. First match on the card, we have Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10, versus Aiden English. Uh, J-Bell, we'll start with you. Ty Dillinger or Aiden English? I think I know where you're going with this. You're a big Aiden English, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Um... Honestly, I would. He needs. He actually. Let's put it like this: Who should win is probably Aiden English. Whoa. Who's going to Whoa. win? Who's going to win? <laughs> no, because see this. Okay, see this is the problem, and this is the Jinder Hall scenario. You can't have guys continuously going down, pay per view after pay per view. And then all of a sudden, Jinder Mahal wins, you know, the number one contendership, and he's he's won every match since. At some point, you got to throw these guys a ball. Who should win? Aiden English. Who's going to win? The perfect ten. All right, Dillinger. that's all I asked. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have very similar feelings. Um, I think that Aiden needs the win more because Ty is over with the fans and a. A loss is not going to hurt him. Give a quick roll-up win or whatever to Aiden English and, and let him get over on a pay-per-view. Uh, but I see uh, Ty Gillinger going over. Okay, so that's three for three. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Aiden English here. I'm going to talk about Ty Dillinger and say, what is his character? Ten. That's it? Yeah, he's the perfect ten. That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking <laughs> Ty Dillinger. I mean, he's got... He's got uh, He's got little stripes in his hair like I did when I was in fourth grade by uh, my dad's barber, Wayne. used to do it all the time. Oh, you, it was, you did that? Yeah, I'm a white guy from St. Charles. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> it, it was 1989. Yes, I did that. Oh, you, so you had the, uh, the vanilla ice influence going on at that point. Definitely. Uh, the second match on the card, uh, the, the uh, why is this match happening? Mm. Uh, Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. Zach, we'll start with you this time. Uh, Luke Harper has to go over. I mean, Eric Rowan went over last week with the eye poke. Um, they're not going to have Rowan go over twice. They're going to extend this for at least one more match, uh, even though I don't think anybody really cares about this feud. Uh, it's just like kind of a stalemate because they both were in the Wyatt family and they need something to do. Really, they both need overhauls on their characters, uh, but they're going to keep dragging this one out for a little bit longer. So Luke Harper goes over. All right, JCB. Um, Zach pretty much said what I, I thought. Maybe not the complete overhaul, but yeah, both guys need tweaks. But in this scenario, I really think Luke Harper is going to win this match. 
I think he's the better talent. Uh, Luke Harper. Yeah, it's going to be Luke Harper. Uh, SmackDown's next pay-per-view is uh, Money in the Bank. Sounds right, Gail. I could see both these guys being in the Money in the Bank match, uh, but I am going to take Luke Harper also. Okay, the next match we have is the women's match, and that is Charlotte, Naomi, and Becky Lynch versus the Welcoming Committee. Zach Bowman. I'm going to have to go with the faces here, Charlotte, Naomi, and Becky. Uh, I mean, they just need the win to just continue with some credibility here. They have lost face. Uh, Becky got pinned like with this terrible transition maneuver the other night where she got pulled off the top rope and got pinned for a three. And uh, if anything, uh, they just need that for that very reason. Uh, Charlotte is the kind of wild card here. I think the only reason that the welcoming committee could go over is if Charlotte turned and, you know, decided to go against her friends, I'm quote gonna, unquote friends, but I me, think they're going over. You're taking the faces. The faces, yes. Let me cut you off right there, uh, Jason. Uh, we have Tinder Mahal on the phone. Tinder, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you guys. Hey, uh, my date's getting ready to come back in about five minutes in the bathroom, so... <laughs> As We're, soon as either she gets back or my fettuccine Alfredo gets here, I'm going to have to pay you guys off. So <laughs> if, I, if I hang up out of nowhere, that's what it's for. So, anyway, what's going on, guys? Hey, uh, where where'd you take your date tonight? Uh, Ferrado's on, on the uh, on Rock Hill. Yeah. Oh, off of uh, Manchester, right? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty nice yeah. place for a Tinder date, Joe. Usually take, him to the, usually take him to the old tin can, and that's been closed for a couple of years. <laughs> I got like five or six spots I kind of rotate. All you right. Know? Uh, well, we're doing backlash predictions. Uh, we're going to start you off right now with, uh, well, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll come back. If, if Tinder's only got five minutes, we'll skip ahead to Sammy and Baron Corbin. Sammy versus Baron Corbin. Uh, Tinder Mahal, who do you got in that match? Is there really is there really a story to that match? I mean, is it? This just feels this just feels like an extra match to fill some time on the card. To be honest, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go a pay per view without having both those guys on it, especially since Sammy's new and Baron's being built to be a main eventer. So I have Baron going over Sammy because I feel like they're building Baron to be more of a uh, uh, bigger main event heel, and Sammy's they're still building Sammy up to be the underdog. So if he loses a match, it doesn't really matter, and you're building him in, in a way where when he does finally get that main event push, he'll be more of the underdog. So I'm going to go Baron, no doubt. All right, Tinder and JCB, what you got? Remember when we were kind of, well, I'll say I was hoping that Sammy Zayn would go to SmackDown. Yes. And that it finally happened, and now nothing has changed. Yeah. This is getting ridiculous. Now I'm losing patience. Baron Corbin's going to win, but now this this is just adding to Sammy Zayn's bigger problem because he's – He's going to be he's the ultimate underdog. We get that. But at the end of the day, at some point, he's got to get some wins. they got to book him right. So you're taking Baron Corbin also. Uh, two beer. Yeah, even though I really don't want to see Sammy be the glorified jobber, uh, he is uh, not going to win at Backlash. Corbin's going over for all the reasons you guys said. Zach is taking Baron too. I am going to say Sami Zayn, and here's the reason why. I think Sami Zayn's going to sneak out of this one with a victory, and once he gets that victory, I think Baron Corbin is going to destroy him post-match to get that post-match heat to get keep this going to roll right into Money in the Bank. So I'm going to take uh, my favorite uh, Muslim, my favorite redheaded Muslim at least, Sami Zayn. Uh, next up, we're going to take the uh, tag team match. We have the Usos versus Brizongo. Tinder Mahal. The Usos versus Brizongo. That's a tough one. You know, if you had asked me three weeks ago if I thought Brizongo could do any kind of title shots, any stuff like that, I would have said there's no way, this is a joke, these guys just need something to do. I watched SmackDown this week, and they got me. I'm invested in the storyline. I love the story. I love this matchup. I actually like what Brizongo's doing. I think the Usos, they're kind of got, they got that more like gangster, like hard thing going on. I'm really liking that. It kind of shows their more aggressive side. Take it easy. Um, I'm going to go Usos in a good match. In a, in a good match, though. All right. Uh, you don't get any extra points for saying good match, but okay. Tender Mahal's got the Usos. Two beer. I'm going to go Usos also. I think Brazongo is going to come close. It's going to be a good match. Uh, 
I don't think the Usos really need to win dirty. I think they'll just win strong. And uh, this will be the beginning of, well, not necessarily the beginning because the fashion files have been the most entertaining thing for me the last few weeks. Uh, it's going to be uh, a continuation of Brazongos being contenders, and eventually um, they'll come away with the belt, just not on Sunday. Contenders, like Contender Mahal. Yes. Huh? <laughs> That's bad. Thank you. Uh, JC, JCB, what you got? Um Make it three for three so far. I got the Usos. But just a quick sidebar. This is what happens when you let creative actually... Well, I shouldn't say that. This is what happens when you give guys a chance. Brazongo, both guys have talent. And they just, for whatever reason, just made them tag team jobbers. Now, in the last two weeks, you know, the Fashion File Police has been easily the funniest sketch of the, the two hours. So, anyway, long story short, give me the Usos. Uh, I'll take the Usos, too, but I disagree with you guys. I don't like the Fashion Files. I think I feel like these two uh, teams are stuck in different feuds. I think the Usos promos on Brizongo have been A-pluses. Like, they come out with lots of fire. They come out, and they're very intense, and it just, Brizongo is just standing there, like, and Everything they said about him, you guys like to play dress up. I mean, it kind of rings true. I think the Usos are going to be. Sons of their asses is the term you're looking for. Sons <laughs> of their asses. All right. We got to keep this moving, guys. Uh, we have Nakamura versus Ziggler. Tender Mahal. Nakamura versus Ziggler. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty standard Ziggler puts the guy over match. Um, I think it'll be great to see how Ziggler and Nakamura work together. Um, but no doubt, Nakamura goes over. I'd say you get a good 10-minute match. All right. Uh, Zach Pullman. Uh, one word, Kishasa. And that is Ziggler's finisher, right? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> has been for a while. Hold on. How do you pronounce that? I said Kishasa. When you spell it, it looks like Kinshasa. Yeah. I just like to get real excited and say it real fast. I mean, Shinsuke doesn't look how it sounds either, though. Not at all. Jason Bell, Nakamura versus Ziggler. Yeah, it's Nakamura. I mean, you're not going to have him lose the debut. I mean, he's going to have to be in the WrestleMania main event this time next year. He might not lose a match for months. There's, there's no way Nakamura loses this match. Uh, I will say that this is the most that we've heard Ziggler talk in years. I mean, he's, I mean, because he's had to do all the heavy lifting for, for sure. the feud, which is just fine with me. I like Ziggler as a heel. This is probably where he should be. He, he's probably one of those guys that needs to take a Cody Rhodes-style hiatus mm. and go to the Indies for a while, pick up some steam, and then come back. Shouldn't say the Indies. All right, so I can't say. Okay, so here we <laughs> <laughs> here we go to the two big ones, and I think this is the match that everybody's. Uh, this is the match that I'm looking forward to the most. We have uh, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles versus uh, the new face of the United States of America, Kevin Owens. Tinder Mahal, who you got? I got Kevin Owens going over. Why? Kevin Owens, uh, cheat to win, heel, uh, pretty pretty simple. Um, I think they're going to drag this out with Kevin and AJ. I don't think it's going to be a one-time feud. I think we're going to drag it out to SummerSlam. They should. We'll have, we'll have Kevin and AJ at SummerSlam where AJ goes over, wins the belt. But I think this time around, I think you're going to see uh, you're going to see Kevin go over. Jason Bell. I like Kevin Owens too, but I'm not going to go that far to say that AJ wins the belt. It would not surprise me. If he goes into this program and doesn't become the world, uh, I'm sorry, the U.S. The world heavyweight champion. champion. Yeah. yeah, thank you of America. Um, I, like I said, tonight it's KO, but like I said, I just I, I got a sneaky suspicion that this is not going to be AJ being the U.S. champion like you usually in think the, it's supposed to be. In the long happen. run. Yeah. Uh, two beer. Uh, KO wins dirty. Uh, he just started this Face of America push, even though I don't love it as much as I love just KO on his own. I think he's a great heel without this thing. I think this is more of a Vince thing. and uh, But they're not taking the belt away from him, and he's going to keep it for a while. So, All right, so this is a tough one because we have uh, Money in the Bank coming up next, mm -hmm. and whoever wins this one is not going to be in the Money in the Bank match. Unless they put the U.S. title holder in the Money in the Bank match, which I can't recall them ever doing before, especially if it's going to be a SmackDown-only pay-per-view. 
good boy. Good at point. the same time, because we have such huge stakes on this. Oh, Tinder, we didn't tell you before you came on the podcast. We agreed that uh, whoever comes in last over a year with the pay per view picks has to sell his car and give the other three guys the money. So uh, I'm going to take uh, Kevin Owens. Also, um, I think he wins dirty as well. I'm not sure what happens, but I can't see, just because the new Face of America thing has just started, I can't see them taking that away from him at this point. And the main event, at least I think it'll be the main event, uh, we have Randy Orton versus uh, Jinder Mahal, not to be confused with Jinder Mahal, who's girlfriend still or whose date still hasn't come back from the bathroom yet what do you think she's doing in there tender oh we lost tender uh, we he, lost well, he, did, he did say i guess she, I guess she did come back yeah, from the bathroom. Say, he did say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so we'll start with two beer who you got gender mahal versus randy orton um i actually have gender going over um, what i do uh and part of it is kind of uh this is kind of what I want to happen because I see at least gender having the belt for a little while way more interesting than Orton continuing to hold the belt. Uh, I don't see him doing it clean. I see interference from the Singh brothers. Uh, actually, I really see perhaps interference coming from Rusev because Rusev didn't come out on SmackDown and the Singh brothers have been very ineffectual against uh, Orton. Like they run in and like Orton just like kind of throws them around like they're toddlers. Yeah. Uh, so really I see maybe Rusev coming out. He's, they have a history together. And I see gender winning, winning dirty and uh, going on a nice old maybe transitional championship. Hmm. How about that? Okay, Jason Cornelius, who you got? I, I didn't see that coming. Um, I, I still like Randy Orton. I mean, ultimately, I just I really think that they're – it's just too fast. It's just too fast. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like, and we've talked about this all the time. I like getting guys, new guys a chance. This is just way too fast. It just, it doesn't make sense. I don't think the fans are going to buy it. Give me Randy Orton. Uh, Tinder Mahal just texted me, said she came back. Uh, and then he, <laughs> he picked Jinder Mahal also. What? Yeah, so we got two for Jinder Mahal, and um, I just this is one of those things where I think it'd be fun to say Jinder Mahal, and everybody hopes it happens, and then I just can't see it happening. So I too am going to go with uh, Randall Kenneth Orton because is that his middle name? Kenneth Keith, I believe. Keith, yeah. I think he's, I'm going to call him Randall Kenneth. So uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Orton here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I see him facing Rusev at, because Rusev did say he's going to want the shot, the title. Uh, I do like Two Beers uh, prediction, though, of Rusev coming out, because then you have Rusev versus Orton at Money in the Bank, uh, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, but I'm going to take RKO also. Okay, so those are our... Uh, backlash predictions. Um, we have just barely any time left at all. So we're going to go over some... Oh, I think that we should go over some Facebook questions. We have a question from Tony Doe that says, do you think 3MB will ever get back together? And I kind of thought that was funny because <laughs> if you think about it, I, I haven't thought about 3MB since Ginger came back. It has not crossed my mind. And it also hadn't crossed my mind that 3MB is probably the only stable of jobbers I can ever think of. Has there ever been a stable of jobbers like 3MB was? Because there's been tag team jobbers, but you had Ginger Mahal, Drew McIntyre, and Heath Slater. Heath Slater and Drew and Ginger Mahal are both... Well, he Slater got over. Jenner right. Mahal is in the process of getting over. Right. And Drew McIntyre just made his return to NXT, WWE. Yeah. Uh, job Squad? Who was the Job Squad? With uh, Al Snow. I think it was like oh, Blue Meanie. Yeah, they did have that. Yeah, yeah the Blue Meanie. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, That's probably a... Uh, no, to answer his question, no, no. I don't see 3MB ever getting back together, no. although it would kind of be fun. And then uh, we had one more question from a friend of the show, Cam Cam Bigelow, who said, given the current title holders and number one contenders, 
what is the most important title in WWE right now? He would argue that the U.S. title is considering the best heel in the sport has the title, and AJ may be the best overall talent in wrestling. I mean, that's kind of hard to argue with just because Lesnar's never on TV anymore. Mm. And that's that's those two those two guys are bigger stars than the guys that are feuding over the Intercontinental title right now. I would still say, though, that Brock Lesnar being off TV gives the Universal title more mystique and therefore still makes it the most important belt in wrestling. Yeah, I could see both sides of that argument. Uh, but yeah, I think the most actively defended championship. Um, and I think number two for that would actually be the Raw tag titles. I mean, you got some pretty good heat going on with that. That's not a bad That's not a bad call because you do have Sheamus and Cesaro, two established wrestlers versus the freaking Hardys. Yeah. Who are mega over. Jason? I was I was sitting over here thinking about that. That's my... I disagree with the, the Universal title, by the way. I mean... I, it, it needs to come back. I, I, I love Brock Lesnar, but we need to have the Universal title being on TV more than it is right now. The, the Brock Lesnar mystique aside. Um, I'm going to agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the U.S. title just for the, the guys that are going after it and the prestige of the U.S. title. Yeah, granted, it, it's not as good as it once was, but in the 70s, in the 80s, yes, I'm showing my age, the U.S. title was the the number one stepping stone to be, being a possible world heavyweight champion. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with the U.S. title. And to your and Cam Cam's point, um, you do have the two guys feuding for the U.S. title. One of them carried Raw for six months before right. WrestleMania, and the other one carried SmackDown for six months before WrestleMania, and KO and, and AJ. And still carrying SmackDown as far as I'm concerned. It's, right, I'm psyched for that match. Yeah, it's, gonna be, it's, it's the match of the night, easily. All right, so that was our backlash breakdown and predictions. Um, some out-of-the-ring news. Uh, happy birthday to Vader. He is 64 this week. It's Vader uh, time. Vader time. This is two weeks in a row on Band from Ringside Podcast that Vader has uh, been mentioned. We're going on a streak. Which is weird because I I probably hadn't mentioned Vader in the five years prior. Yeah, yeah and, uh, hopefully he, he's in good health because I've been reading his health hasn't been so good lately. So, yeah, hopefully he's in good health. Happy Coming birthday. to St. Louis pretty soon with the Harley Race promotion. Shut up, really? Yep. Nice. We should go. We should get him on the show. Uh, 15 years ago today was the day that Davy Boy Smith died, passed away. R.I.P. Davy Boy Smith. Um, I don't know how many years ago this was that Owen made his debut, but it was tonight. It was, I guess it was three years ago tonight that Owen made his debut. Owens? Two. Kevin Owens? Two, two years. Yep. Man. So also it's with, only been two also years? with AJ and Owens, you have like the two best first year runs in the history of the WWE. Which is better? I say AJ. Owens. He came in and beat Cena. Right off the bat. Good point. Cena put them both over, though. True story. I hate John Cena because he did, does that, because now and, you got to give him credit. And we almost went, <laughs> two, we almost went two weeks without mentioning John Cena. <laughs> and it was 20 years ago. Oh, shit. I just gave away the answer. 20 years ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that Rob Van Dam made his debut. I was going to say, Rob Van Dam made his debut on Raw in 1997 when ECW was inter-promotionally oh, the, uh, feuding... The invasion with angle. WWE. No, in 1997, the invasion angle was in 2001. So four years prior, RVD fought Matt Hardy on Raw. I do Paul Heyman wanted money. Yeah, Paul Heyman needed the money, I'm sure. No Paul dangerously. All right, that's going to be it for uh, this week, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Band from Ringside. We know there's a lot of podcast choices out there, so we appreciate you spending your time with us. Uh, we'd like to thank Chris Denman. We'd like to thank Free Play Media. We'd like to thank Sam the Engineer. For my man, Jason Cornelius Bell. For my man, Two Beer Zach. I, and for Tender Mahal. Can't forget about him. And Please his don't. Date. No, I won't. Uh, I am Bill Vegi. Thanks for tuning in to Band from Ringside. We'll see you next week.